Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Art of the Sleeve podcast, where we shine the spotlight on record sleeve artists, designers, industry professionals, and new talent. I'm your host, Victoria. First, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, if you're enjoying the content on this podcast, make sure you visit the page on Instagram where I take a deeper dive into individual uh, artwork for singles and albums and uh, CDs. Also, if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send me a message through a uh, direct message on Instagram, or you can, uh, you can email me at artofthesleeve at gmail.com. Again, that's artofthesleeve at gmail.com. All right, enough about me. Uh, on to my next guest. So this time I'm going to switch gears a little bit, and I'm going to focus and uh, turn, the, uh, turn the spotlight on new talent. Which again, I mean, think about it. That this is where we want to be to uh, find new ideas, new artwork, new sounds. Uh, my guest today is a member of a fantastic band from Southern California. Uh, not only that, he's the singer, songwriter, guitarist, drummer, and also a, good, a very good friend of mine. This is Yamil Hi. Yamil, thank you very much for coming. <laughs> hey, on Robert. The show. How's it going, man? Um. I, I did, it's like brilliant, intro? yeah. And also, and without, and without the Spanish <laughs> accent, my my name is pronounced Jamil. So, uh, yeah, Jamil. Just wanted Jamil. to say for the uh, uh, the English speaking audience. Okay. I I would exactly. I mean, I just wanted to throw flavor? a little bit more, more, more yeah, uh, more finesse. No, cool. It's good to be with yeah. you, man. Um, so, I wanted to. Uh, I, I I really wanted to. Uh, deep dive uh, into into your band a little bit more because there's so much there to unpack uh so much there to learn from especially the way that uh that you guys are going to market uh but before i even go there i wanted to ask first how'd you get uh, involved in music how did you uh, start well uh, i uh, i'd say when i you know when i was very very young one of my first memories was listening to the like listening to the the Beatles on on the radio, and I would have a little cassette tape, you know, little, and you could play and record the uh, stations, you know, and I I, I I I would do that, and I'd sing back the songs, and even like write down the uh, lyrics, and I don't know, I just like one of my earliest memories was just loving music. It put me into a different dimension, um, gave me a lot of joy, uh, and I got very excited and fascinated by the whole dimension of music. From a very young, five years old, I, I I loved it. So, yeah. And you started out as a drummer. I mean, I remember from a from a previous conversation, you mentioned that uh, you started out. Yeah, I did. So it's kind of interesting because I didn't. I never. I didn't have a drum set. I actually didn't sit on a, down on a drum set till I was sixteen years old, right? But MTV had come out and. I would study how the, how the drummers played, right? So their 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 right hand would 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 be hitting the hi hat, that's and then the right foot would be hitting the kick drum, the and the left hand would be hitting the snare, ta ta ta. And I would literally air drum while I was watching MTV, but so I kind of like do it with my limbs moving, but you know I never sat on a drum set, right? So. 
when I was 16, one of my high school buddies was in a little band and went back to his place after school. And he had a, he had a full-on drum set. And I was like, oh, my God, can I play, right? And so he's like, yeah, sure. And I sat down, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, I was like, and everyone was like, how long have you been playing for? And I'm like, six seconds. And they all flipped out. <laughs> Even I did, too. So it was kind of one of those interesting <laughs> things where I don't know if it was already in my blood or if I had studied it, rehearsed it in my mind. But, yeah, I was hooked. And once I sat on that drum set, it was, it was an energy in my body that I had, I had never felt before. You know, Is that your background, though? Is that, I mean, after after the, the teens, did, did you uh, study music yeah. after that? Yeah, just self-taught. Or, I mean, I, I always wanted to learn music theory and go to classes and understand that. But I also understand most, most you know, pro musicians are also self-taught too and they, they can't really read music, right? So mm-hmm. I had the idea too, but it's just, uh, no, I, I actually bought my first guitar when I was 13. I, I got a $5 a week allowance and I saved up for like, I don't know, nine months and bought this $80 guitar. And so I actually got the guitar first when I was like 13. I learned a couple of chords, but drums came to me like uh, like a fish to water. It was, it was it, I play guitar, much better now, but drums just really just came to me. Um, yeah. You cite the uh, the Kinks and the Velvet Underground on your page as a starting point for the band, uh, for, for the Mind Ride. Uh, before I even go there, though, I love the name of the band. Um, who came up with it? I mean, I, 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 you, you mentioned uh, <laughs> A Journey of the Mind. Yeah, well, so it's kind of funny. The way the uh, the way the band name happened was, I literally was struggling for years, right, with some friends and with the good band name, you know, and I just uh, none of them felt right. And one of the first songs that I wrote and recorded was called Mind Ride, without the the in front of it, just called Mind Ride. And um, Mm -hmm. as time went on, I was just like, why don't we just call it the Mind Ride? Because that song had been, I don't know, it, it, it just was, I don't want to say it's a cop-out, but it was just like, I could not for years come up with a band name. And then I think Matthew, actually, my you know bass player, uh, actually said, why don't we just call it the minor ride? I'm like, you know what? Sounds great. Sounds great. Let's just do that, you know? So, and also, you know, I, music is a mind ride for me anyway. Uh, before I listen to a song, I'm kind of in, in, in a certain space. As I'm listening to a song, my mind is on a ride. You know, and then when I'm done with the song, I'm left in a different place than when I was when I started before I started listening to the song. So, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, uh, I'm like, you know, uh, I was like, let's just, I had to just nail down a name, uh, Robert, you know, and it was all right. The Mind Ride sounds good to me. It doesn't feel too cringy. Sounds good. Kind of encapsulates what we do. So let's just go with that. And that's how it came about. Got it. So the kinks and the velvets, though, that sounds a little bit um, yeah. post-punk, right? Well, so are, is that the sound that you're looking for? Um, is that what you're, what you're, uh, to what you're trying to... Yeah, to, no, uh, not really. Cap- Actually, for me, when I sit down to write a song, um, it kind of comes through me, okay? Uh, for better or for worse, whether I like it or I hate it, the, this, the song comes through me, right? So 
you know, over the years, I compiled like 20, 20, 30 songs. And I'm like, what does this music sound like? And I consulted with one of my mentors and, um, and actually a couple of, of, of Cecilia is my uh, wife's friends who know a lot about music. And I'm like, what does this sound like? And they said, oh, it's protopunk. It's actually a genre um, that protopunk is basically mid 60s to early 70s. So you have the Kings in there, you have the Velvet, you have some other bands. They basically were the forerunners of punk rock, okay? So, so that's why it's called proto-punk, um, you know? And I'm like, oh, I guess that's the kind of music I write. So I'm not trying to write that music. It's just what comes through me when I sit down to write music. Got it. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back in time just a little bit. Um, to the point where you you had that moment of clarity, right? When you when you when you felt everything kind of jive as far as far as your drumming, and so what so what happened after that? Did you uh, did you form a band immediately? Was that the is that where the mind right? Uh, I mean, first, since since what, you mean like back when I was like sixteen or something, seventeen? Is that what you talking? No, no. So what happened was no. Yeah. I, I formed a band with my brother. It was kind of like sort of like this sort of rockabilly garage surf punk sound it was kind of cool and then i moved to seattle way you know back in the early 90s so like you know soundgarden was hitting uh, nirvana was hitting i had an opportunity to do drums in a band up there um and then you know that you know didn't and oh yeah we played cbgb's uh in new york at some point we had some moderate success it was cool but ultimately unfortunately the band didn't really you know go go where I wanted it to and uh, and after that I, I left I lived in, in Paris France for about a year and I came back and I just kept playing my own songs by myself in my bedroom pretty much with friends and then um, I just kept writing and compiling songs I went to audio school uh, learned Pro Tools so I was able to record my own music and then from there started recording my own music then you know I, 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 I just wanted another bandmate that was cool and then Matthew came along and and it's the mind I was kind of born, you know, out of that. Got it. Tell me a, a little bit more about that. So when uh, when when did you uh, get together for the uh, to to form the mind? Well, I mean, so I had, I mean, I never really had a formal band. It was just kind of me doodling around. Um, but yeah, it got kind of more concrete when when Matthew came along, which is about three years ago. It's twenty. 21 now so you know 20 2018 or so i was like let's 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 do this like do you want to play bass he's like yes i do i'm like okay great i like you i can trust you you're not going to be a flake uh we can actually move forward with this as a band and uh and that's sort of when i guess the but you could say i was writing songs since i was 18 uh Vic, you know so uh i guess it could have been started when i was 18 you know but officially me and matthew Doing and recording started about three years ago, you know. What influence did uh, Matthew bring into the band? What um, what style? What 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 made it change for you uh, as as soon as uh, well, as soon as you got? Together? I just you know the thing, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know a lot of I mean a lot of people that are in bands and like musicians will understand this. Because I think it becomes an incredible amount of ego in, in a band. And people start arguing, fighting over the most silly things. And pretty soon you're out of each other's throats, you know. 
I want this first. No, I want this first. I want this. I want this. Okay. So what I liked about Matthew was that we both agreed on the philosophy of whatever we're going to do, we're going to serve the song. Whatever our egos are doing to us, whatever our personalities are doing, we're here to serve the song and ultimately the, the people listening to it. So that was what was inspiring to me about his psychology and his mental attitude. We're not here to see who's better than who or to strut around one another. We're here to truly serve the songs that are coming through us. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. It does. It does. And, it, and it, you know, it really does, uh, it really does come out when, uh, when you, that passion when you when you play the songs i mean it's just uh, amazing uh i remember meeting you you were actually uh, you were actually in the process of recording the very first studio album which is uh was nicknamed the bedroom sessions and yeah. now it's uh, titled mind ride and at that time i also remember you were working on on the layout and design for the uh for the album which i think came out really nice uh, and and it, it gives us uh, a, a very a, kind of a, a feel for not only the the relationship between you and the and and, and the bassist uh, as being the, the literally the anchor for the mind ride, but uh, it has that groovy feel, you know, it, it, a, a very uh, psychedelic uh, feel, and and kind of promotes yeah. what you're about to listen to, and uh, that's what I like about. Uh, a sleeve artwork is it, it, it kind of gives you an idea of what you're what you're going to be getting into so uh tell me a little bit more about that session that that that, that sounds like a, a session that kind of cemented a relationship uh and an mean, image so for the, the, band. The, the actual the actual uh, re recording session or, or or the artwork photo no i'm sorry the uh the, yeah the yeah yeah so the, uh, record sleeve oh the art the artwork well the artwork i mean we took 50 years well so my my lovely girlfriend uh, olga cecilia uh, she's great she's a fashion designer right and a good friend of yours and she picked out all of the all of the locations and styled us and knew our music really well and uh and then her good friend gamma pixel came up from from tijuana great photographer i'm really appreciative for everyone's input you know they're very gracious because uh, we didn't have a big, we didn't have a big budget, so we were, you know, on a shoestring budget. And we were very grateful for everybody's input, um, and also, you know, I went to audio school. I, I learned. Uh, I went to audio school with some really great people, like Roger Nichols, uh, who was huge. And uh, I, I, you know, I was thinking ten years ago, I got really need to learn how to produce music, not only because I was fascinated by how you could take a basic recording and turn it into something. Uh, sounding spectacular, right? Through EQ and compression and all of these interesting sonic tools that have been built by amazing humans over the years. Um, so I learned how to do that. You know, I mm. spent a couple of years and then I also had to, you know, play around with it for a couple of years before I could understand recording, mixing, mastering. It's kind of a dark art, you know? So I spent a good five, six years learning that after I went to school for a year and a half, but it took me like six or seven years to actually dial it in to make it sound how I wanted to hear, how, how I heard it in my head, you know? And interestingly enough, Matthew had gone to audio school too on his own before I had met him. So together he's a great recording engineer. So he mic'd everything up, 
mic'd up the drum set, the bass, the guitar, and uh, and then we had a great time performing. And it was done in a bedroom, in you know, in my bedroom, because um, we didn't have a big budget. But through then, I went ahead and I, I mixed and mastered it, and it's so cool because like my education, I felt like it really paid off. You know, seven years later, I was able to in my opinion, produce a really cool professional sounding recording in a bedroom, literally, with my own songs that I wrote and with my friend Matthew that recorded that mic'd everything up and it, it was it was stressful because I had I had put myself to a, a certain tier in my mind. I I wanted to sound like this. It can sound garagey and kind of sixties, which is kind of rough, right? In recording. It's cool. But I wanted it to sound mixed and mastered like a professional recording, you know, that I had for the 70s or 60s. So I think we I think we hit that nail on the head pretty good. It, it, blood, sweat and tears along the way, of course. But I'm very happy with how it turned out. DIY in every sense. Yeah. Self-recorded, self-engineered, yeah. uh, self-taught. The um, I mean, even the, the the sleeve artwork to a certain degree is is uh, DIY in itself. Um, love the love the design. Love the photography, by the way. Uh, Gamma Pixel. Uh, I'd I'd love to see more more of uh, of of that yeah. work or of that collection. Um, here's here's something that I wanted to ask. As far as the location that. Uh, that was chosen for the photo shoot. Is that, uh, was that special in any, uh, in any special, in, in any uh, way or? Yeah, it was or, special because I lived in that, that area. area. Okay. And I drove Cecilia around in my car and she was like, uh, that's a cool, like, like, like mid-century modern building that, that, uh, li you know, li library front looks super cool. Oh, that area looks cool. So she and I spent two hours driving around and with her awesome eye, she was like, that spot, that spot, that spot. But it, it was because it was within a half an hour of where I lived. Okay. So, so is that um, is that aesthetic what you're trying to communicate? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, like you said earlier, a sleep art can kind of convey what you might ex expect to experience from 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 listening to the album, right? Um, so yeah, I think. It was kind of like this sort of 60s, mid 60s, early 70s vibe. We wanted that. She got all the clothes for that. And then there's a lot of mid-century buildings in Monterey Park, California, where I was born. So it kind of had that cool kind of vibe. You know, we did some stuff in nature as well, which is always cool. And uh, and I just want to throw in here really quick, Vic, that everyone that's listening, uh, I gave I gave Vic 50 photos to look at from the photo shoot, and he's the one that picked album one and album two, and did some really cool effects and filtering to it. So that's all you. That is all you. And you <laughs> picked them, and I ran with them because of what you did. So. so, yeah, that experience really opened my eyes to and appreciate what the work that goes into creating and designing uh, cover artwork for, for a record. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I was lost for ideas and lost for words for, for the longest time yeah. when, uh, when you came up and, uh, and, and uh, gave me the opportunity to work on that with, uh, with you guys. And it was very interesting because it's when, when, 
when uh, when you're thinking about the concept of the of the record sleeve, it's a huge part. It plays a huge part into what the future audience is going to perceive at first glance about the music within. So it was a it, it was definitely an eye opener because it, it it really puts you in in that position of taking the driver's seat and thinking about what do what do I really want to communicate to the audience? What do I want to present to them? Uh, you know, as a as 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 an image, the first image or the first uh, you know, it's really the first impression that they're going to take. Yeah, about the, about the band. You're, well, you're right, and and what was so since you were kind of since I threw that in your lap because <laughs> I, <had, laughs> I had enough on my plate, and uh, I thought you had a good eye, and, and you're also an expert in sleeve art. And by the way, people listening, uh, the album two called Beta Test was a picture that Vic took himself, so uh, that is one hundred percent attributed to you, sir. Uh, I. I was looking for that in the website, but I, uh, uh, is that not released yet? No, no, no. Our website is still very basic. So the way that you see that is if you get the first album and the other two albums are offered at a 50% discount or something. So we're going to work on that. So each each individual, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, not a web designer. <laughs> so uh, it took me a year to build this website. Um, and so we're going to build that. We're going to build it out so each album can be offered individually. Um, it's just we're just starting off, and so uh, it's a very basic website, and uh, and uh, I, yeah, I don't have the thousands of dollars to pay someone right now to make it kick ass. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it is what it is. But you did take the picture yourself of the second uh, album cover, and that will be available for individual per purchase soon, soon. But um, but I wanted to ask you. So, what was your mental process since you had you love sleeve art and you've been looking at it, collecting it, and loving them? Mm. When it was thrown in your lap, what did you go through psychologically? So, when I when I did that, I really wanted to try to translate uh -huh. your vision, which was at the time. I remember you mentioned that you were looking for something psychedelic yeah uh out of this world <laughs> and something that would make you feel like it's not literally not from earth you know some some sort of scenario a scene or 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 a piece of land and i remember i went for a bike ride yeah on uh, uh during last summer and i did find this piece of land close to uh close to the um close to the San Diego coast, close to the beach in Southern California. And I thought, what if we just play around with filters and, and play around with, with colors? Uh, I think that by looking at the sleeve, like, or, or the cover art in this case, because uh, we're, we're doing most of this um, electronically, by looking at the sleeve, it kind of gives you, it opens up the world that the mind right is trying to communicate. And I think it marries well with the with the music, uh, you know. But that that remains to be seen. Let's let's take a no. <laughs> let, let let let's wait for a couple uh, for for a couple of days for that uh, record to pop into your website, and 
and uh, we'll, we'll just let the audience, uh, you know, decide. Because once once it's out of our arms and out of our world, it's into theirs. And yeah. you know, let's let the let let's let the audience decide. Um, I while you're on the subject of the website, though, uh-huh. I did uh, I did want to uh, ask you a question that resonates now and forever. I guess uh, one of my favorite subjects to, uh, today is the the music industry in these times in these electronic times not post covid not covid related uh, cuz this has been growing for for a few years now but it's just the uh the the music industry today in uh, in the world of electronics and i noticed that most of what you're doing is based on facebook and instagram and your website uh, however, I, I I noticed that you sidestepped the streaming uh, platforms. Yeah. How how are how are you uh, bringing the mind ride into people's worlds? Yeah, into people's lives. Right. So, okay. So, this is the thing: the big streaming giants like um, Spotify and you know they can bring you a lot of attention, a lot of notoriety. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, unless you get a million streams, you, you're not going to make a living wage as a musician. And even if you do make a, a million streams per month, how long is that going to last for? Okay? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the thing is, you know, those platforms exist to provide, well, to provide a service to people, but they're also really low-balling the artists. I mean, if you look at, you know, like royalty fees or 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 or, or, or like like uh, mechanical royalty fees, they're not even playing clo- paying close to that at all. So what happens is if a band puts all of their music out on Spotify, let's say my first album's eight songs, I put it all out, it gets streamed to everybody. I make a couple bucks, and then no one buys the album. Do you understand? Like. Yeah. So as an artist, and I don't mind giving away music for free, but you know, I went to school. It cost me twenty five grand. I had to pay for this. You're doing a lot. I spent twenty years learning my instrument. I mean, think about any. Think if you're an architect and you spend twenty years learning architecture, you can be making a really good living. You know, but musicians for some reason get sidelined. People now, Spotify and Pandora. I love them, but they've trained humans to think that money is free i mean music is free right that's it's become part of our underlying subconscious psychology music should be free okay and unfortunately and and i get that i think greater like release of music and everyone to have access to it is a great thing but if you look individually at the artist's life, they've spent 20, 30 years perfecting their craft. I mean, would you expect a doctor to perform a, an operation on you for free when they spent 30 years learning their skill? You know? No. But mm. for some reason, musicians and music is considered to be free in modern times. Okay? And that's a whole other, other discussion why that's the case. Um, I don't want to get into that right now. But unfortunately, in people's minds, they don't even want to. They don't even want to pay. And also, you know, um, with the uh, uh, with iTunes, right? And so iTunes, Apple arbitrarily said, "Oh, it's a dollar a song." You know, where did that come from? I don't know. But so then people kind of got conditioned to, you know, get one song for one dollar. Okay, fine. In this electronic age, that could potentially support an artist. 
But when you think about all the, the production costs and all of the, the, the costs that go into it, it's very hard for a musician to make a decent living, never mind buy, buy a house if they want to for their wife and their kids. Okay? So, so my philosophy now, I have nothing against Spotify or Pandora. I think they're great platforms. The thing is they just are, they just don't pay the musicians a living wage. Unless you get lucky and you get 10 million streams, okay, maybe that month you get $5,000, okay? But, but then you're played out, no one buys your album, and it becomes this thing. Six months later, you're gone, and there's somebody else taking your place in the Spotify stream, okay? So it's not a sustainable um, existence for a musician at all, the way it's set up. I think it's good for Spotify and for their bottom line, and Pandora and for their bottom line, and I understand Everyone gets to hear a lot of good free music, and that's great, but it doesn't really honor the musician and allow them to have to make a living wage. Okay, so so that's my take on it, and so the reason why I haven't released all of my albums on Spotify is because if they would be streamed, everyone would get their fix, and then well, what would I see? Pennies. And, and that's just not just me. It's all musicians. It's not just me. It's like not, it's not a fair exchange of value, in my opinion. So these music brokers uh, are, are taking the lion's share for themselves and giving them their, their musicians pennies. Now, what I'm thinking about doing is releasing one song off of each album on Spotify, because that can allow people to hear what you sound like. They can decide to buy your album. And I'm not charging a lot, you know, seven, eight bucks. It's not a lot, you know? Um, and, uh, but by releasing like say one song, you know, per album, and then maybe every month after at least I'll release another song or another song, but it allows them to get a taste and then they can go ahead and buy your album if they want to support you as an artist, okay? It's not just highway robbery and music is free. I don't know who goes to school for 20 years to become a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer and then gives their stuff away for free. You tell me, Vic. You know what I mean? It's, does not, it's not right. What about physical releases? Any uh, any of that in store? Or yeah. What, what's, next, what, what's next for the mind? No, for sure. Like, I mean, some people like, you know, they like to have a physical object, right? They can, they can look at their desk and see a CD there, something they can hold, right, with artwork on it or vinyl, you know? Um, right now, it's just completely digital because, of course, we are very small. We, our budget is extremely limited. So we're a super D, DIY, do-it-yourself band. Um, you know, do I have 10 grand to press uh, 10,000 10, CDs? No, I don't. Um, so as of now, um, they're all di like di digital releases. But I do have intentions to have physical products. So what's next for uh, for for the mind right now post uh, post COVID? Oh, uh, oh, the next steps for the mind right now. Um, yeah, so no, we are uh, we are writing another album now. We're reaching a lot more uh, fans. Uh, I've been focused a lot on the whole like sort of digital side of, of what it takes to be a musician these days, but. Uh, I really want to get focused back on um, upon writing. So yeah, just continuing to do our uh, yeah sharing our music. Is it 
Is, or is that work on the the Tijuana sessions? Is that the third album? I saw that on your on your website. Yeah, so that so that, that album is done. We actually recorded the whole thing in Tijuana, which is cool. I call it the Tijuana sessions. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So that that album is done. Uh, I did also record a twenty three uh, song acoustic version here uh, in my little in my in my little bedroom, um, which is super cool. And yeah, so now I'm working on sort of writing more new material and and continuing to share it continue, continuing to share it in a way that people can uh, um, enjoy and listen and if they like it they can they can choose to uh, support us you know i i think and i'm just talking for myself I'm talking for thousands of uh, of musicians out out there today that really struggle with this you know and uh and and people need to know people don't know that uh people you know, spend 20 years and they spend hundreds of whatever, lots of resources. And then, uh, they, uh, they are unable to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to do what they love and be able to, you know, uh, keep the lights on in the world, you know, in their world. So. So if my uh, listeners would, uh, would like to take a, a, a peek at your website. Uh, how can they uh, find the uh, the mind ride? Yeah, so you can do. Uh, you can type into Google themindride.com. So t h e m i n d r i d e dot com. It's pretty cool. I just looked the other day. We're like on the whole first page of Google. So <laughs> I guess That's yeah, it's super cool. So uh, yeah, so themindride.com. Uh, we're coming out with new stuff. I guess we're kind of like a proto-punk revival band, you know, it's seeming like right now. Um, not that I'm trying to be, it's just what, what comes through us. And we dig the vibe and we dig like what the music was about. And I think there's a big lack of that today. Uh, I certainly don't hear a lot of songs that I hear. I'm like, oh, wow, I love that song. I really, really want it. And of course, you'd love, you know, uh, people to have that reaction to your music. But, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's got their own taste. But um, I'm just going to keep being authentic to to my musical, uh, you know, compass, and 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 hopefully people people like it. And and that's that's all I can hope for, man. You know, I love it. I love it. Thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate you taking the time to record yeah. with us. And uh, so again. Uh, that's it for the art of the sleeve. Uh, thank you very much for joining. This is Victory signing off, and looking forward to hear uh, hear from you and your uh, and and the band in the in the near future. I'd love. I'm really really excited to see what you guys are up to in the very near future. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Talk thanks to you so next much. time.